the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Grace Church, Dumfries, Virginia. Virginia Bible College continues to provide an ideal place for you to go deeper in your understanding of the Bible and fortify your spiritual foundation. We are very excited to announce that we are moving closer to accreditation. After hosting a successful site visit in May, BBC is in position to achieve candidate status with the Tracks Accreditation Agency by the end of this year. With classes at the certificate, bachelor, master's, and doctorate level, we are the premium choice for the working adult. Our fall semester will begin on Monday, August 14th, and all courses are on an eight-week schedule. Fall courses include spiritual formation, leadership in the 21st century, intro to Christian theology, and more. We are also introducing an exciting new 18-hour graduate certificate in ministry program. So apply, register, and get more information today at babiblecollege.org. That's babiblecollege.org. Hello, and welcome to Grace for Today. You can always visit us online at gracechurchva.org to hear this message and much more. Let's join Dr. Greer for today's teaching. Father, we thank you for the privilege of gathering around your word. Meet us this Sunday, Father. Cause us to leave here, not only encouraged, but changed because of the ministry of your word this morning. We give you all the honor. And the church says, amen. Amen. We're going to be in Zechariah chapter 4, beginning with the first verse this morning. The setting is, and we we don't spend a lot of time in Zechariah, by the way. It's a a book of eight visions. And uh, I think today we're going to be looking at about the fifth vision. And um, Actually, in one night, he, he got several, a couple visions, and, and we see this when we begin in verse 1. But, but the short of it is, 20-plus uh, years ago, Cyrus, the king of, of uh, Babylon, released uh, the, the people of Israel uh, to go back to rebuild the temple uh, in Jerusalem. And what happened was they built the, the foundation, but... King Cyrus died, and, and when he died, and even before he died, it got a pretty intense. The opposition became absolutely overwhelming, so they gave up, and they, they quit. They just threw up their hands. So 20 years had passed, no progress. All that's in Jerusalem is a foundation. The leader or the governor, Zerubbabel, who happens to be in the line of King David, uh, he is leading the—he's kind of the mayor or, again, the governor of, of, of the city there— And uh, he's discouraged. The people were discouraged. So God rose up both Zechariah and Haggai to minister and summon the people back to the work that they had begun. And we're going to begin in Zechariah. We're not going to read Haggai today, but we're going to take a look at what the Lord uh, said to to Zechariah. Zechariah 4 and again, verse 1. Now, the angel who talked with me 
we see here that uh, just like in the book of Revelations, actually, this very similar type of uh, writing here. Uh, an angel was assigned to, to deliver a certain message to Zechariah. And, uh, you know, you might think, well, I just kind of happened to come to church today because I felt like it. But the reality is I believe an angel of God got you out of bed this morning and said, you know what, I'm not cutting the grass. I'm not just going to have a cup of coffee. I need to come and hear what thus saith the Lord this morning. And he said, he came back and awakened me. As I said, this was the second vision in a single uh, night and just a matter of hours. And, and it seemed that the weight of the first vision where he saw the high priest garment dirty and, and God had to clean it and all that, uh, the weight of it seemed to have caused him to tire. And, and he's, he's, he, he's, he's, he went back to sleep, it seems. But let's go to Luke 9 and 28. And I want you to see, though, this is not uncommon. It's okay to do a little teaching this morning. Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to what? Pray. As he did what? Pray. Powerful things can happen when you pray. We're about to see that. The appearance of his face was altered and his robe became white and what? Glistening. Uh, other places said Jesus uh, became as uh, emanating light as bright as the sun. Let's skip to verse 32. But this is strange here, this verse. But Peter and those with him were heavy with what? Sleep. How do you sleep when Jesus just turned into a light bulb? How do you, how do, you do that? How do, how do you do that? But it wasn't for the lack of excitement or interest here. The, the reality is that the flesh is, is, the flesh is weak. And, um, you know, the human body can only handle the, 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 the glory of God in limited measure. It, it can't really handle them prolonged, for prolonged periods of time. And that's why sometimes when you lay hands on people and, you know, you find them on the ground, except the body can only handle so much of the glory of God. And, and here we, we found them. They were, they were seeing the glory, but their bodies couldn't handle it, and they were going to sleep. But there's coming a day we're going to have glorified bodies where we can actually handle it. We can look Jesus in the face, and our bodies are going to be just fine. We could be in the manifest presence of God. And by the way, that's why we need the resurrected bodies that Christ has called us to, so we can stand in the very presence of God and be okay uh, in that presence. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 1. Now the angel who talked with me came back and wakened me as a man who was wakened out of his sleep. It seemed that he was so caught up in the presence of the Lord that the angel kind of had to snap him out of it. Now, it doesn't really say that this was literal sleep. It was as a man wakened out of sleep, meaning he was kind of in this, 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 this alternate space, and, and, and the uh, angel wanted him to be completely lucid for what God wanted to say to him next. And he said to me, once he woke me up and snapped me out of it and got me back up off the ground, if you will, he said to me, listen, this is important. Zechariah, what do you see? Let me ask a question. What good is it for heaven to see the future, but never to let us in on it? I mean, what, what does it profit a God who loves us to know everything, but us to know absolutely nothing? So here, he wanted to make sure that the prophet was seeing what heaven had saw. So he said to Zechariah, what do you what? See. You see, what we see today will impact our tomorrow. He, he, he needed to change this man's vision and his sight in order to, to impact uh, uh, the environment and the building of this, this temple. All faith really is is seeing what God already knows. 
That's all faith is. And and it's having the conviction to act on what you see and believing that what you see on the inside is real. That's all really faith is. Jesus would see things and then he'd go and do things. He said, "I, I only do the works that the Father has shown me. Meaning he would, in his heart, he'd see himself raising Lazarus from the tomb. He'd see himself laying hands on someone and, and then coming back to life. God would show him and he would just act out that which God saw. All faith is, is acting out what God shows you on the inside. Does that make sense? So I said, I'm what? Looking. Now, are you really looking at God wants to show you? Or are you just kind of casually watching life as it passes you by? The prophet, he, 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 he had to, 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 to pay attention and, 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 and really focus in on what God was saying. And you kind of see here, as with uh, 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 John the Revelator, that he had a part to play even in the vision. Though it was a supernatural event, it seemed to be interactive here. And the prophet said, I, I'm looking, and this is what I see. I see a lampstand. And what's the sole purpose of a lampstand? Producing light, just the same as the light next to your bed or what have you, and dispelling darkness. And the Bible calls us what? The light of the world. So this is actually imagery speaking uh, to what we would do. In the book of Revelations, actually, we see Jesus amongst the seven candlesticks, which were the seven churches or the candle, seven candelabras. So, so this is uh, uh, what the church is designed to be and, and do. It says a lampstand of what? Solid what? Gold. Now, gold has several significant properties. The first and one of the most obvious is its beauty. Gold is extremely attractive. And we see here that both the church and Israel were intended to be objects of beauty. And folks that see it differently, the only reason they do is actually, let's read in 2 Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. And it's going to give us a little insight into why some folks have the attitudes they do about God's church and God's people. It says here, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. If people cannot see the beauty of our message, it's not because there's something wrong with the message, but it's because there's something wrong with people's eyes. The, 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 the message Jesus died to convey is absolutely beautiful. That's why we sing songs about it. That's why we, 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 you know, the other religions, they don't have songs like we have songs. I mean, we celebrate the gospel and the death and resurrection of Christ because the most beautiful picture that humanity has ever seen, that God would, would love us so much to become a man, to take our punishment and, and, and die on a rugged cross, but still to get back up on the third day victorious and, and call us to himself and saying, where I, will, where I am, you shall be also giving us incredible hope and, and, and a peace uh, that, you know, the, the, the punishment and the wrath of God has passed us by. All this imagery is absolutely marvelous and beautiful. Verse 4 says, explaining, though, the situation of those whose eyes cannot see the beauty of the gospel, whose minds the God of this age, who's the God of this age? The devil. God is the God of the universe, but Satan is ruling this age. The God of this age has blinded. So what Scripture is saying is that all the, 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 the demons are behind all the bigotry, but behind the hatred of our, our faith. You know, if you ever question folks that hate Christians, I hate preachers, I, I hate the church, if you listen to their arguments, 90% of the times they're only emotional and mostly anecdotal. Very seldom. That's why don't get intimidated by folks that argue, I hate that. Ask them why. 
Ask him a concrete question. Where are the errors in the Bible? Well, show me one. And get concrete and, and then answer their question. Most of the time it's just emotional. And demons rule and reign in, in the realm of emotions. Well, I just feel and, and I just don't. You know. I mean, when, when you get divorced from logic and reason, again, that's where demons have their greatest work. Very seldom, sometimes though people do, do people have legitimate and real arguments against the faith. So, again, don't be threatened or intimidated by folks that are in that state of mind because Satan has blinded their minds and their emotions are just all, all wild. And all you got to do is bring some truth. Help untangle it for them. And, 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 and well, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but, but, but these are the facts. And, and you know, the Bible's written by men. Of course it's written by men. <laughs> you, you wanted God to come down and write the Bible? But, but that's, that's the wonder of it all, and, and it goes back to the statement I often make. God can use a, a, a crooked stick to draw a straight line. And, 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 and just because man was involved, the Bible teaches, doesn't teach us that man wrote the Bible. It, it, I'm way off the point now, but the, but the writing of the Bible was superintended by God. Men were driven by the Holy Spirit. And we're talking about a holy God who has ability beyond this world. And God knows how to get his point across. He knows what person to be born where and what person to fill with the revelation. Uh, he knew the personality of the person. Did he use the personality of the person? He knew the thoughts of the person. He put the thoughts in the person's mind. And then on top of that, the 12 men that were assigned to, uh, to, 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 to uh, really bear testimony to the spirit of Jesus because they walked with him for three years or so, uh, they were the ones that, that validated this book. And these guys put their lines on the line saying that this message was valid and true. Do you understand what I'm saying? The, 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 the points that people get all the emotional about if you would just you know you got to take the blows and, and take some of the, the the heat and the negative stuff coming your direction but if you bob and weave a little bit and and stay long enough you, you can communicate to them the, the clarity of the gospel and, and and you know some people just made up their mind they're not going to believe god period but for those that that are just trapped and ensnared by 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 by, by wrong ideas and thinking if you would just you know Take the substance of the argument, not just the emotion of it, and answer it. Those folks will get uh, free. It says, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. And what it's saying here is that people who are open to the light will be able to see the light. But those that are not open, they will not see. Zechariah 4 and 2. And there is a lampstand of solid gold. One of the second characteristics of gold is uh, it, it typically doesn't oxidize. I mean, you get some real strange circumstances that, that it will happen, but gold does not rust and it doesn't dissolve. It, it's, it's a long-lasting uh, 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 piece of, of metal, and, and, and over, it t over time, it holds its value. You know, a lot of metals, over time, you know, the elements hit them, and it doesn't keep its value. It'll begin to rust and deteriorate and, and lose its strength over time. And, and what Scripture is saying is that God's light bearers will eternally have a, 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 a substance, and, and, and eternally they will not be diminished. They will not be lessened. In eternity, I will go from glory to glory, and there will be no reduction in who I am. Does that make sense? And there is a lampstand of solid what? Gold. The third point I want you to know about gold is gold is very, very rare. 
I don't know if this is true. Some scientists believe this. Some scientists say there's a little bit more gold in this. But Warren Buffett says that if all the gold in the world was melted down and all the impurities taken out, it would only fit into a 70-foot cube. That's about the size of a tennis court. You see, when you find real people carrying the uh, genuine testimony of Jesus Christ, you need to hold on to them and appreciate the rarity of what you, you have found. And there's a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it. I know this is a different type of teaching this morning. Are you still with me, though? Okay. We got to talk about the prophets as well as the, 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 the straight-out teachers, and this is important. But, but here, it said a bowl, again, was on top. Now, a bowl was designed to supply the oil to the lamp. And its presence really meant that the longevity of, of the fire had already been provided for. Meaning this would be a fire that wouldn't burn out. And God didn't just start us in this race. He, he's placed in us what it takes in order to finish the race that, we, that, that he has begun through us. How many want a fire that lasts? Yet this is a picture. I want a testimony that endures. I want a testimony that lasts. I want to bring light into this world that remains. And on the stand, seven lamps with seven pipes to seven lamps. Now, a lot of people have tried to draw a picture of this particular menorah, but, but they miss the larger point because visions like, like dreams have an otherworldliness perspective about them. And they defy the laws of physics. You know, you, you see seven gaunt cows swallow up, uh, uh, you know, uh, seven fat cows. That doesn't happen, can't happen. It's kind of cartoonish, you know, in the appearance, but it's from another world, those images. So it doesn't always supply, uh, submit to the, the law of physics here. The, the primary point here, and by the way, people seem to have gotten away with drawing these pictures, but don't, don't try to do that. The point is it's a super light. So this means 2,500 years before Thomas Edison, God gave the concept of the floodlight. And this is all this. It's a super light designed to light the world. And God wants us to be super witnesses with a super testimony of God in a very dark place. And we're designed not just to flash for a moment. We're not like lightning. We are designed. There are bowl, bowls of oil on the tops of us designed to, 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 to be filled with God's uh, oil in order to keep us for the, the, the long term. Verse 3, he, he adds a, a little more insight, and he says some more things. He says, to olive. Now, olive trees, actually, but olive was the fuel of choice for the ancient lamp. It burned the cleanest, and actually, it smelled nice. I, I, when, we, when I passed it on 14th Street, we used propane uh, to heat the place, and it smelled very, very, very bad. When you walked into the place, you could smell the propane. But olive oil burned very, very, very clean. It had a, a nice smell to it, and, and actually, it became, over time, the symbol of the Holy Spirit's illuminating power. And, you know, the Holy Spirit smells nice. The Holy Spirit is clean, and, and his presence is, is, is wonderful like that. So, so it became, again, a symbol here. So this olive oil is a symbol of God's anointing, a symbol of the work of the Holy Spirit. It says there were two olive what? Trees that are by it. Now, the fact that the olive oil here is in living trees indicated that uh, the oil will have unlimited supply. So we have bowls, which means that, you know what, God has a long view of, of maintaining the, the, the light. But also into the bowls came branches or actually came pipes from the branches of the 
olive trees. And the point was, by virtue of the fact the tree is alive, it means, again, there'd be a living source of oil to, to, to keep the light and the testimony lit. The testimony of Jesus that we uphold is not because somebody just got it in their brain and I memorize it, pass on to the next person, they memorize it, pass it. No, no. It's the living Holy Spirit in us that transmits the testimony from generation to generation and we stand here alive because there's a living testimony. Do you understand what I'm saying? That, that has existed from the time of Christ's death up till now bearing witness and testimony of the resurrection of our Savior. Does that make sense to the folks in the room? Well, two olive trees are by it, one at the right uh, of the bowl and the other is at the left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked with me saying, who are these, my Lord? So Zechariah, again, it's an interactive vision here. So we see that Zechariah asks, you know, uh, the angel questions. And here's the, the deal. If God gives you the vision, he'll give you the interpretation. So he looked to the right place for the interpretation. Then the angel who what? Talked with me. Notice the continual dialogue between the angel and the prophet. This is very, very important. The more you think the Lord is showing you, the more you need to begin to talk to the Lord about it and, and check it against the Scripture and the things that God has already said in history and pay attention to what he, he says. A lot of folks, you know, hear a little word and run off with it. They make a sentence out of a word. You've got to be careful. And he didn't want to do that. So he, he began to ask, what, what does this mean? I don't want to jump to conclusions. I, you know, what does this mean? Then the angel talked to me, answered and said to me, do you know what these are? So again, the picture is pretty obvious. The, the angel asked a question. So, you know, when God teaches you, he also questions you on what he's showing you. So this, this is just good teaching. Uh, and, you know, God, you know, he's mysterious, but he also makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. And here he's saying, okay, you see what I'm showing you. Tell me what you see. And what did he say? He said, no, my Lord. See, the prophet refused to jump to conclusions, unlike some folk I know. He assumed nothing. You have to be careful about being presumptuous about what thus saith the Holy Spirit. It will keep you safe. If you begin, Lord, I think you're saying. Lord, I believe you're saying. God, would you explain it to me one more time again? God, it appears such, such, and so. Would you confirm that, that that's true? That's the best way to deal with spiritual things. Don't draw yourself, put yourself in a box too quickly saying, thus saith the Lord. Some people, again, they got half a minute, and, and it was true. The word. But the sentence was wrong. And because of it, people throughout the whole thing. Because you're wrong in these pieces, they're like, you're probably wrong in that, that, that little word you got. But, but, the, but often, again, we, we're accurate about that piece. We just need to let God uh, uh, add to it and, and um, enlarge it in our hearts and make it clear. Verse 6. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to who? Zerubbabel. This is amazing. The word wasn't to Zechariah. The word was for Zechariah's leader. But it's interesting, in this word, he says to Zechariah, before I tell you what I'm saying, I need to spend a little time telling you what I'm not saying. Very, very important. He said, tell your leader this, not, not, not by might. This word is often translated wealth. Other times, uh, uh, might or, or influence, sometimes even armies. And what he's saying, he's saying, tell your leader, if you're waiting for all your natural ducks to get in a natural row, you will never step out again to build my building. I'm not doing this by conventional means. 
I'm the type of guy that wants to get all my ducks in a row. And at times I'll wait until all the ducks, but God's saying that duck is not coming. That duck has flown away for, for, for the summer. It will not happen. He's saying, listen, you, you, you can't look to conventional means, not by might. It's not going to be because, Zechariah, you raise up a huge army. Zechariah, it's not going to be because you become extremely wealthy. You're not going to have the money in hand to, to fulfill the purpose that I, I'm assigning you. You're going to have to trust it to come. But it won't just show up before it happens. You know, sometimes as you go, God shows up. And for me, I would like for God to give me everything I need before I step out and do anything. But sometimes it's like, well, well, you got enough to start, boy, and if I have enough to start, that's all you need. You just take that, and you take that one step, then I'll give you enough for the next step, enough for the next step. I'd like it to be different, but God is wise. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. You can get your copy of this teaching on our website at gracechurchva.org. That's gracechurchva.org. You can also subscribe to our website to learn more about Grace Church, and you can get directions, free downloads, and more. Bishop and Pastor Greer also invite you to worship with us here at Grace Church. We are just minutes from Potomac Mills Mall and Quantico Marine Base. We look forward to seeing you here at Grace Church, where we are real people with real lives experiencing real change. Join us tomorrow as Dr. Greer continues this message here on Grace for Today. Grace Church. Virginia Bible College continues to provide an ideal place for you to go deeper in your understanding of the Bible and fortify your spiritual foundation. We are very excited to announce that we are moving closer to accreditation. After hosting a successful site visit in May, BBC is in position to achieve candidate status with the TRACS Accreditation Agency by the end of this year. With classes at the certificate, bachelor, master's, and doctorate level, we are the premium choice for the working adult. Our fall semester will begin on Monday, August 14th, and all courses are on an eight-week schedule. Fall courses include spiritual formation, leadership in the 21st century, intro to Christian theology, and more. We are also introducing an exciting new 18-hour graduate certificate in ministry program. So apply, register, and get more information today at VABibleCollege.org. That's VABibleCollege.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.